0: Chapter number 3, I'm going to read verses 11 through 13. Philippians chapter number 3, verses 11 through 13. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the reading of your precious word, God. I pray now, Lord, as we preach the word of God this morning, Lord, that you might... Deal with hearts, Father, Lord God, as long as you can. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit may brew in our midst, Father. We just we know he's with us today, but we brought him when we came to church. We pray he may manifest himself to some heart this morning that know Christ's personal Savior, Lord. Pray you are the uh, in the children's church this morning. And bless Brother Wayne as they teach out there. And Father, Lord, help us this morning to be obedient to the Word of God, Father, this morning. Preach not contrary to this book. Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name and for his sake that we do pray. Amen. Now, next to Jesus Christ, Paul is probably the most influential person in the New Testament. Now, prior to his conversion, you can find it in Acts chapter number 9, he was referred to as Saul. Now, Saul means big. After he was saved, he was called Paul. Paul means small. He went from being called big to being called small. And these names bear a great contrast in the lives of people before and after they get saved. Before a person is saved, they're often full of pride, and, and they go on their own strength. But now we find many are very self-sufficient. They don't need anything from God. They usually have everything under control. However, God always has a way of bringing their person to their knees and showing them how weak they really are. Right. Once a person is saved, they come to an understanding of how they are dependent on Christ on a daily basis. Now a similar comparison can be made between a lost person and a criminal. A criminal is just a lost person having everything figured out. And we find they're always one step ahead of the law. They think they're above the law and only certain rules apply to them. They, too, have everything under control and very seldom mean anything from anybody else. Then one day there's a knock at the door. And there's a man standing there with a badge. At that point, the criminal can run or he can surrender. This is very similar to a lost person. At some point in time, there's going to be a knock at your heart's door. And they know who it is, and they have a choice. They can surrender or they can flee. I done been there. I done done that. I know what it is to have him knock at your door and run and run and try to flee. And Satan say, you got through another one, you're going to be all right. I know what it is to run and flee from the Lord. But we find the difficult part about fleeing is that sooner or later, you will get caught. Sooner or later, you will get caught. A criminal may be able to escape once, maybe twice. They may run for many years, but eventually the law will catch up with them. The same is true with a lost person. They may avoid church. They may avoid the preacher. They may avoid, amen, uh, annoying church members. But sooner or later, God will catch up with them, amen? The Bible says it's point of the man will stand after this to judgment, amen. Hebrews 9, 27. Now, the lost person can stand before God now as a sinner in need of salvation, or they'll stand at the white throne judgment waiting to receive their eternal sentence of fire and brimstone. But one thing is for certain. Just as a criminal will stand before the law, everybody will stand before God and give an account of yourself to God. You will stand before God and give in yourself account unto him. Now, Paul was a person that had been on both sides of the law. He'd been on both sides. He had sought the wanted, and he had been wanted himself. In Acts 8 and verse number 3, it says, As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering into every house, hailing men and women, and committed them to prison. Now, prior to his conversion, the Bible tells us in Acts 9, verse 1 and 2, that Paul, amen, had been searching for Christians to be brought to the high priest for scoffing at Jewish law and for claiming that Jesus was the Son of God. And after Paul was saved in Acts chapter number 9, we see him on the other side of the law. Now we know that Paul wrote three of his epistles while he was in prison. He wrote the book of Colossians, he wrote the book of Ephesians, and he wrote Philemon while he was in prison. And 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 31 through 33, tells us how the governor was after Paul, and he was lowered through a window in a basket in order to avoid being apprehended. Now it is safe to conclude that Paul knew how it felt to arrest somebody. He knew what it was all about. He also knew how it felt to be arrested himself. Paul had a working knowledge of being apprehended or captured. Now in this text that we read this morning, Paul was making a comparison being apprehended and his relationship with Christ. And Paul makes a statement, and i want to v- focus on that statement this morning. Here in verses number 12. Of Acts chapter number 3. I mean not Acts but Philippians chapter number 3. Verses 12. I want to focus on verse number 12. Where he says I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I want to preach on this thought this morning. Being apprehended by God. Being apprehended by God. He said I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now, first, let me say this. In order to apprehend somebody, there has to be a pursuit. If you're going to apprehend them, you've got to chase them. Now, a person is never arrested without some type of chase or some type of pursuit. Now, there's two types of pursuits. Now, pursuits are either fast and furious, or they're either slow or surprising. They're fast or furious. They're slow or surprising. Now Jesus said in John 6, no man can come to me except the Father which sent me, draw him. And I'll raise him up in the last days. So nobody gets saved without conviction. There is no such thing as I decided to be a Christian. Didn't. I decided, amen, that I to be a Christian. No, you don't decide. Apprehension takes place. God apprehends you. And to apprehend you, he has to pursue you. Amen. He has to pursue you. Now, there's two things about the pursuit. Number one, there's the timing of it. The timing of the pursuit. A pursuit does not take place when the criminal chooses. It takes place when the police chooses. The police operate on their time schedule. The police have never asked the criminal when they would like to be arrested. God operates by the same principle. Often we think that salvation is dependent upon our time to be arrested. But we find that that's not the way that it works. Often we think that salvation is dependent upon our timetable, I mean. We think we will come to God when the timing is right. I used to think the same thing. I said when I get ready, I'll get saved. You never get ready. You never get ready, honey. You never get ready to get saved, amen. Now, we find here, we think we come to God on our own terms. We think maybe in a few years, when we sow our wild oats, hey, we've made plenty of money, then we'll come to God. However, you come to God when He calls you, you come to God when He pursues you. And this is how it operates. We are not on our schedule, we operate on His schedule, amen. Now, if I went by my schedule, I'd still be 51 years old, lost without God. But because of His schedule, He saved me when I was 22. Amen. Come on, preach. amen, right. amen. Right. Honey, I didn't get religion; I got salvation. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I said I was glad I might have been raised in a wicked family. If I was raised in a wicked family, I think God got me for religion did. That's right. Right. That's amen. Right. A lot of people are showing up doing their religious routine this morning at church. God's not in a million miles of it. It's got a steeple on it and everything else, amen. But do they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Right. When the rapture takes place, people will still be assembling for church. Hey, when the rapture takes place. Amen? And honey, listen. I agree with that preacher that preaches in Knoxville on Sunday morning. I believe this pope that they put in, he's the last one. That's it. Uh, this one will bring him into a tribulation period. I believe he'll bring the Muslims and the, and the Catholic Church together. And the New World Order will bring Baptist, Pentecostals, and everybody, and Bosnian and Catholics together as one. Right. And when he gets them together as one, he gets them where he wants to say, Okay, we got what we've always wanted. We got one world religion. And then he goes, But we got one problem. You're worshiping wrong. We are? Yeah. You'll worship me. That's what he's going You'll worship me. Yeah. Read the book. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. There is now, if there's a division. You preach being separated. You preach being different. They say he just old funky. He just old school. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, I know what the book says, amen. The Bible says that in the last days, furthest times will come, amen. There, the Bible says they want doctrines of devils and everything else except what does set the word. Everybody in Hollywood was raised in church. Beyonce was raised in church, he says. You might listen to her, I don't. got up and made a statement to the public that when she's up there gyrating her body, it's not her. It's Sasha a demon. Come on, honey. Same people listen, That's something wrong, brother. Amen. Come on. brother. Be careful. The New Age movement will suck you under. If you're saved, amen, God will convince you. But if you have religion, they'll suck you into it. Because religion cannot withstand the New Age movement. Amen. We find here it takes a pursuit. And when it comes to that pursuit, timing is everything. There's the timing of the pursuit, but number two, there's the terms of the pursuit. All chases have terms. Some criminals are wanted dead or alive. This means to apprehend them at all costs. The law enforcement will issue an APB, which is an all-points bulletin, and all eyes will be looking for this person. Some criminals are only sought after by a few people. This keeps the chase quiet so the criminal will not be aware that they're being pursued. Often the pursuit has to be suspended because the situation becomes too dangerous for the law enforcement and the people that surround the chase. God works in similar principles. In other words, he, he pursues you as he sees fit. If he wants to pursue you in a church service, he will. If God chooses to, to pursue you at work, he will. There's times when God will pursue you in the still of the night, when there's no distractions. Yeah. Preacher, you believe that? Yes, I do. He got Come men still alive. 3:00 3 a.m. in the morning. God arrested me. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Who in the world thinking about getting yeah. saved? Yeah. 3 o'clock. Here on the mic is my man Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been there and done that. That's a bunch of junk. Yeah. Come on. Man. Good, preacher. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, good. I didn't crawl from under a rock. God dragged me out of the mouth, man. Yeah, didn't yeah. cover from under a rock. Hey, I was raised wicked, but God saved my soul, yeah. Man. Yeah. amen. Amen. Right, Time of the pursuit. The terms of the pursuit. I said God will rest you anywhere. Yeah. How you know that, preacher? He pursued Andrew and Peter while they were fishing, Matthew 4.18. He pursued James and John while they were men in their nets, Matthew 4.21. He pursued Nicodemus at night. Nicodemus thought he was coming to him, but God was bringing Nicodemus. He was pursuing him. He pursued the centurion when he witnessed the crucifixion of Christ in Matthew 27.54. He pursued the thief on the cross. When he was being executed in Luke 23, when the thief on the cross came to himself and he said, This man hath done nothing amiss, amen. God was pursuing him on the cross, amen. God will pursue you anywhere he wants to. So don't think you'll leave the church and you'll be alright. I thought the same thing. I said, I'll get out of here and I'll be alright. God knew where I He came to a little mobile home in, in Glenola, North Carolina. Never been the same since. We see here, being have you ever been apprehended by God? We see here to be order to be apprehended, there has to be a pursuit. There's the timing of the pursuit, there's the terms of it. Number two, to be apprehended by God, there is an exchange of power. When you're apprehended by God, there is an exchange of power. When a person has been apprehended, They are no longer in control. Listen to me now. When a person is apprehended, they're no longer in control. Cuffs are placed on their hands, sometimes shackles on their feet, and they put them in a cell. They no longer call the shots. The prisoner eats when they're told to eat. They sleep when they're told to sleep. They work when they're told to work. And listen, I got this firsthand. I talked to Brother Sonny this week, and he told me what all goes on. That's my story about putting this message together. They have very little choice involved in their lives. The prisoner is no longer in control of their own life. However, what's this? When a prisoner cooperates, they have it much easier when they refuse to do so. For example, a prisoner that cooperates is given special work detail. Often this work detail is much easier and can come with special privileges. These special privileges make life easier for the prisoner. This is the same way with God. When we are saved, we're in his hands. Just a prisoner we are in God's control. Paul illustrated that when he referred to himself as a prisoner of the Lord. In the book of Ephesians 3.1, you can read about it. And Also in the book of Philippians 1.9. Just as a prisoner that cooperates. When we cooperate with God, our life becomes easier. Amen. When I cooperate and do what God tells me to do, my life becomes easier. Life becomes easier. This is demonstrated in Matthew 11:30 when he says, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Somebody asked me, amen, just previously. Basically, the question was this: How do I not go to church? tell me how God can bless me. I can have peace at home. I can have peace on my job, but I'm not going to come to church. It ain't happening. Right. Right. It ain't happening. Right. Want the benefits without the book? Right. It don't work like that. Amen? Right. So what? The prisoner's life is made easier when he cooperates. He gets special detail. he like what everybody else does. Your life will be a whole lot easier when you cooperate with God. You cooperate with God, life will become easier. Right. Amen. So, how can we apply this to our Christian life? When we surrender to God's will, we begin to guide and direct our He begins to guide and direct our life. We can choose to follow God, or we can fight against God. When I first started pastoring, Brother Aaron, I used to do in home delivery. I was up in So what? Uh, I think I need to just do something else. Stayed at the same place, but I came off the road and I stayed in the warehouse. And God made it easier on me. That's right. God made it easier on me. I've been willing to surrender yeah. to God's will. Amen. God made it easier on me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, I've been pastoring ever since. Amen. God is good. Amen. If we can make it harder on ourselves. We can make it uh easy on ourselves. We enter into fellowship with God. we he gives us rest through his Holy Spirit and peace. That's beyond comprehension. However, just as a prisoner that fights back, things don't always end up well. So when a Christian fights the Holy Spirit, our Christian lives will be void of fruitlessness. Amen. And that God wants to provide in our lives. Amen. But we need to surrender and do what God will have us to do. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Being apprehended by God. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. God wants to apprehend here this morning you are a Christian. You're not doing God's will. God wants to apprehend you. Amen. Now let me say this. Here's, here's the third thing. To be apprehended there has to be a, a, a pursuit. To be apprehended there has to be a man exchange of power. Number three to be pursued there has to be a change of position. A person that has committed a crime never fully realizes they are a criminal until they've been convicted. Once the judge and the jury reach their verdict, the position of the accused is changed. They are no longer the accused, they are the convicted. They are no longer the same in the eyes of the law or in the eyes of society. The same is true in a spiritual sense. When a person through the Holy Ghost conviction realizes they're a sinner, their position is changed. They see that their merits are no longer good enough. They see them as void and useless. They see that through guilt they can receive a pardon. This pardon is only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. The change of position starts a new life for them. For the criminal, they will start their prison sentence. For a sinner that trust God, they will begin to live a life of peace and rest. Amen. Tranquility in God trusting him as their personal Savior. He is the only one that can help them, amen. I'm glad God pursued me, but I'm glad God apprehended me, amen. amen. I'm glad God apprehended me. I'm glad God gave me a new appetite, amen. I'm glad I desire the things of God. When I pastor the other church, we had a good youth group going there. It was about 40 here's where we started messing up at. Started messing with the world. We got in the fall and everything else. Listen to this. It got so bad, And listen to this. They wanted to cancel vacation Bible schools and different things. Just to play ball. Honey, you can't do that. Uh-huh. I said, God, what have I done? I have created a monster. Yeah. Come on. So what did you do? Pulled out of it. Pulled out of it. Had to. Hey, Amen. The world was getting in the church man. Honey, listen to me. I learned a long time ago, you can't give people what they want. Right. You give people what they want, and so the devil will get in that thing, and when he gets in that thing, he'll, he'll take the church over. Amen. Right. Son, he'll bring the world into the church, and they'll kick Jesus Christ out. Right. Amen. And Jesus will be on the outside trying to get in, and the world's on the inside of the church, and it'll be like the little boy that went to church that time. Amen. And he walked into church, he had the best thing that he had, but they didn't think it was good enough and the deacons grabbed him and led him to the back and said, you can't come in here like that. And they put him outside, and he began to cry. Hey, Amen, as he cried, the story goes, Jesus walks up to him and said, what's wrong, son? He said, I come here today to worship you. Don't let me in. He said, don't feel bad. They put me out a long time ago. The right. law <laughs> church of Jesus ain't in it, honey. Yeah, that's right. I preached in a church at Norton. Non nomination. (laughs) Their music was so loud it would give you a headache. I'm serious. Their music was so loud it would give you a headache. In fact, the girl that was playing one of the bass guitars had on shorts. And it was like a concert. And they thought the loudness of the music was a spirit. That ain't spirit, honey. No, no, no. They thought the louder the music was and people clapping their hands. That in words, people think there's something that man can do. Amen. By us doing that, it manifests the spirit. No, it's not you. It's God. have you been back? Oh, no, sir. They're not going to be back there. But I preached the book while I was there. Oh, it, it was quiet. Honey, listen. When the music was going on, it was so loud, it busts your eardrums. And everything was, else was going on, it was loud. Till the word of God was presented. Yeah. boy, did it get quiet. Where in the did they get him from? Huh? Folks, we are there. Have to be careful. And listen. The shepherd, the under shepherd of the church, and when I see it, and I see the wolf coming, I ain't gonna run. I ain't gonna run. There may be times you might get your feelings hurt, but I'm not gonna run. We gotta line up with the book. Yeah, we gotta do what God tells us to do. And the more it gets closer to the coming of of the Lord, the more rebellion that there's going to be, the more people gonna say, "Well, they do it like this over there." We don't care how they do it over there. We know. Listen, we don't care what they do. But I know it's not going to get easier as time goes, and it's going to get a whole lot worse. But my desire is, is anybody here this morning? Have you been apprehended? I got, has God arrested you? Amen. God arrested me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Folks, this had no intentions of being saved. I went to bed that night, and God was not dealing with my heart. I went to sleep. I just got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to check something out in the kitchen. So I went back to bed to go to sleep. And it's like I said, sometimes the pursuit is fast and furious. and Honey, before my head could hit the pillar, soon the Holy Ghost just come. Amen. In my presence. And he's working my life. What'd you do, preacher? I sat up in the bed. feel like I swallowed an apple. And I flipped down to the bottom, honey, and I repented. on Jesus, saved my soul. At the age of 22. 22's? Kind of young, ain't it? I mean, it'd be nice to get saved when you're younger than that, but I was, I was, I was 22, and I was right in the midst of it, the drugging, the drinking, and drinking, the, and the gambling, and the partying, right in the middle of all that. And believe it or not, when God saved me, it stopped. I didn't have to try it no, no more. I knew that was not part of my life. Amen. That yeah. God wanted, amen. And God apprehended me. He arrested me, and he saved me. Make sure that you know God has arrested you. And know that you've been born again. Thank you for listening to the In Spirit and In Truth podcast. Hope this message was a blessing to you all. Tune in next week to hear God's word. Until next time, Pastor Locklear.